1: Today on the Zabecast, when Jordan went to Atlantic City to blow off steam, what was the one critical piece of info that Jordan Doc left out? How bad he played the next night. Mr. X joins me. He's got a beef about people who gush about left tackles like there's some celebrated icons for every NFL team. All that plus the coronavirus has gotten an X Files twist and Funhouse has come crawling back. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Thursday, May 7, 2020. Thank you for joining me. Man, the internet does funny things to people, doesn't it? Funhouse, who has been chronicling the wild and utterly shameless distortions of truth, fact, and the record by one Michael Francesa of WFAN in New York has apparently decided to come crawling back to Francesa. This after he claimed Francesca and his parent company, Entercom came crawling back to him after they banned him from posting clips. Well, well, well. Here's what Funhouse wrote in a tweet today. Because he had said, that's it. I'm not doing any more Mike stuff. Enough of him. I've given him enough attention. I've made him more relevant nationally than anybody would otherwise know. I'm done. I'm out. Okay. He then went to Colin Coward, started listening to his show and saying, this guy's full of shit too. And then he starts pointing out examples to the point where he's like, okay, I'm now sick of Colin Coward. I can't even listen to him. So here's what Funhouse wrote. I said I wouldn't go back to this. Mike overreacted, that's Francesa, when he banned me from posting his clips. A decision he reversed two weeks later. And then I overreacted by letting my pride get in the way. We're both too sensitive. Big deal. But it seems like I'd be more of a fraud for turning my back on the followers I've gained due to posting Mike's clips compared to changing my position on it. This is just a hobby. I don't profit from it. All I ever wanted to do is tweet some entertaining crap every now and then. If posting Mike's clips will help give everyone a laugh, especially right now, when the world kind of sucks, who am I to deprive the people of that? Let me be crystal clear about one thing. Mike's show is awful. You can find tweets of me saying that going back two years. It's literally painful to sit through every day just to grab one or two funny clips. But it's what I do. It's what people expect. Just please understand that the man works only 90 minutes per day, 70 minutes after commercials, and 35 minutes after the long, boring, daily interview he does during the Radio.com portion of the show, which I never listen to. Coming up with a tweet-worthy clip from 35 minutes of content is not easy. Many days there will be nothing to post. As I mentioned the other day, a big catalyst for me rethinking this was getting a taste of despicable, deceitful Colin Coward day after day. The grass isn't always greener when you decide to cover other hosts. Mike may be a jerk at times, but he's our jerk. Knuckle Dap, your pal Funhouse. I am so disappointed. Wow. It's too bad. I really thought... This guy was like, I can't believe this is supposedly the pinnacle of sports radio. This, these takes, this dishonesty, this flip-flopping, playing both sides of everything, this is the best of the industry. Instead, it's almost like Funhouse is now saying, I can't quit you either, Mike. We need each other. We were a team. He says, this is just a hobby. I don't profit from it. But then he talks about, I, I feel like I'm turning my back or a fraud on all the followers I've gained. It's just a hobby. Quit. Like, what has the internet done to your brain? Like, why? He then says, you know, it's painful to listen to what Mike's show has become. So why do you do it? You're not making any money. It's hard to come up with clips, but I'm going to go back to it because this is what you people want. And then he throws in a shot about coward. I don't. I mean, I guess I know what it is, but it's it stuns me. This is like I can't quit you either. Mike may be a jerk at times, but he's our jerk. Okay. Well, never mind then, I guess. Whatever. I took the account as something entirely different. But okay. Welcome back, Funhouse and Mike Francesa. I mean, look, if there's a funny clip of Francesa being completely delusional or getting crank-called by somebody, I'll play it, sure. But I'm kind of disappointed, Funhouse. I thought you were cut from a different cloth. Hi, hey, Hello, Mr. Hey, X. How you doing, brother?
0: Well, we are, uh, we're getting by.
1: Getting by it's getting crazy
0: have, it's getting crazy, isn't it?
1: Have you left your domicile in fifty one days?
0: I have walked around the block
1: usually Yay. at night.
0: That is it, man. At I'm gonna night. come out of this yeah, I'm gonna come out of this thing looking like the stay puff marshmallow man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you uh, are you gaining weight, Mr. X?
0: Uh oh god, yes.
1: <laughs> well Try to keep it in. Try to keep it in yep. check, and yeah. uh, and we'll go from there. Are you betting on Korean baseball? Is what I am dying to know. And what about X two, X three, and X four?
0: <laughs> I have not. I have to tell you that X four, the baby who's eighteen, asked me yesterday. Said he and his friends put together a Korean baseball fantasy league.
1: Of course, they did. They're teenage <laughs> degenerates yes. who Got have nothing, nothing to else to do.
0: No, it's getting hard. The last thing I bet on was the draft and uh, Joey Chestnut. I haven't done much since then. Yeah.
1: So uh, I see on your rundown here, and I like these topics, yeah. uh, Mr. X is coming increasingly prepared. This follows in the footsteps of Charge, bringing some deep match <sighs> game nostalgia. Did you listen to that on Monday?
0: I did, and church follows in my footsteps as I recall, but yeah I got you. <laughs> okay,
1: I love it. my contributors are bringing more and more to the table. I love it I love it I'm not even I'm not even assigning stuff, and you guys are jumping in the fray you <laughs> you have this note so often we hear tough times show America's strength. I think it shows how stupid people are. I would concur entirely that America, Mr. X, is in its fat Elvis stage of its life cycle. And I wish it weren't so.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, what I mean by that, I think is, I I think this is, I'm going to call it the Stephen A. Smith syndrome. This idea that every issue has got to be such an extreme, one or the other is right and one's way wrong, whether it's open the economy, stay in and be safe. Everything we do people yell and scream and call the other guys idiots like Stephen a smith does and it's like i spend all my time going yeah i see both sides i don't care what the subject is i see both sides and yet people get so sure that the other guys are morons and i'm like no it's just crazy to be that extreme i mean i get this it's a hard thing isn't it you know it
1: is but there's there's also i believe. Our country has been so successful, we're so rich, we're so soft, we we have too many people that believe in magical things, like, oh, we can shut down the economy for a couple months and it'll be fine. That's magical thinking that is childlike that belies a fundamental non-understanding of economics. The magical thinking of when it's safe to play again. I heard a football player say, well, I don't want to play again until it's 100% safe. And I'm like, you play tackle football, motherfucker. You're not worried about something that could happen to you on the field than a stupid virus? Come on yeah, now. Talk to
0: Alex Smith, will you? Come Right,
1: on. exactly. We are also a nation that hasn't had any stern tests. We have not had to make any sacrifices. We have not had any existential threats in so long. Our muscles are atrophied. You know the 1918 uh, Spanish flu. There's pictures of guy of men at boxing matches wearing masks, sitting shoulder to shoulder. Same thing for a Georgia Tech football game. These photos are now coming out of the woodwork. And the Spanish flu was way worse, and our medicine completely sucked. And we were coming out of World War One. the The reason that we did it was because we were tougher back then as a nation. End mm. of rant.
0: Yeah, I know. This is supposed to be the end of your pod. But I mean, the bottom line is when you look at people who sit there and yell and scream about this is America, you can't make me wear a mask. This isn't that. Hey, who the fuck wants to work at Target for 10 hours a day? If you don't, you know, I mean, you gotta, you you gotta protect the people doing the work. It's not about your right to walk in my store. It's like, yeah, everybody quit. You want uh, us to shut the door, yeah. or do you
1: want to put a mask on? Here is where you know. here is where the devi- here's where my divide is, and this would be a middle ground yeah. position. I wear masks really? when I go into stores out of courtesy to the workers. <laughs> to them, exactly. And it's no big fucking deal. In fact, I wore my full respirator I mow the lawn with one time into the supermarket. <laughs> they looked at me like I was a goddamn idiot, but I didn't care. I said, "But hey, you did
0: look like a goddamn idiot. That's I did. Why.
1: I did. But
0: <laughs> you I You looked like Bane on Batman.
1: Right. But I I walked." one inch off the ground thinking i'm a good person i'm confining all my exhaust fumes to these heavy duty filters that won't let anything out so fuck everybody
0: right exactly you say hey we keep it open keep it open well who's gonna work
1: but here's the thing inside
0: the store yeah
1: here's the thing i do not believe that municipalities have the right to enact laws saying you must wear a mask everywhere which some have
0: i hear you that, I, just, I think the store has every right to say, that. Yes, Look, man, stores we need to have people are
1: private here. entities. The
0: exactly. like Target is getting crucified for their rules, and it's like, just put on your mask, or okay. else I'm going to lock the doors. You know, it's not hard.
1: Well, the, 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 terrible, the terrible thing is that their employees are getting assaulted by people without masks. Yeah, it's people ridiculous. are licking them. There was actually a security guard, apparently in Florida, who told a woman, you can't come in, there's no mask. There is an argument. She leaves, comes back with a dude with a gun, Guy kills the guard.
0: <laughs> can't make this
1: stuff up, no, and it's fucking sickening, okay, moving, yeah. moving right along, Jordan documentary. you were a little bit disappointed. do tell
0: uh look, when I say I like and don't like things, I'm no critic. I don't care about, you know, how I just do I enjoy it or do I not enjoy
1: it? You You kind of want you want the sports parts of it to ring true. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, I I don't care about like when people say, oh, it's really well made. I I don't know. Do I like it or not? The part I don't like is. Let's
1: let's cut to the gambling, because the UVA stuff we touched on last time.
0: Okay. The
1: essential question, and this is right up your alley in your wheelhouse about the gambling. What do you think the league was so afraid of with Jordan's gambling? Because to me, the notion that he would throw a game or shave points to pay off a mere hundred and some odd thousand dollars to slim bull or Richard Esquinas is ridiculous. Jordan is the ultimate killer. He would never do that. So what was the league worried about? Do you think?
0: Well, let's put it this way. I think of it, Okay, on the, I think it was what part three and four. Hey, they lost game one in New York Madison Square Garden. Off day, he's down in New Jersey till wee hours. Comes back, and then on the on the documentary, they're talking about the next game. They lost all the crazy press making a big deal out of him going to Atlantic City. He just went with his father. He doesn't have a gambling problem. You know what fact they left out? The three for twenty three shooting that night.
1: Before the okay. trip to Atlantic City, no, the, the game after. After he went
0: to Atlantic City, between he was game one and two, three for twenty-three. He went three for twenty-three,
1: three for twenty-one, something like Did that. Did they not it's, include that in the documentary?
0: Not at all.
1: Oh like, my! Oh, these God. crazy
0: guys think it's a big deal. He and his dad needed to get away from the city, so give him a break. He went three for twenty-one. He's Jordan. Would you smell something? Whoa. Three for
1: twenty-one or three for twenty-three?
0: I don't know. I'm going by memory here. Google's closed in my house. <laughs> Is it really? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, Google it, was, it, it was while a you bad, talk. That's the whole point was they're like, hey, he, he? they're down 0-2 in the series. The guy's seen in Atlantic City at midnight. What year was this? And this was – they played the Knicks. Um, 94? Wasn't it the um, – third championship nba eastern
1: nba eastern conference finals 1994 bulls versus Knicks. okay four yeah all right game what game was it again two two in the garden uh Knicks win that one 96 91 right yeah
0: that's what they put on the documentary oh they only lost by five how did he do god i hope i'm right i'm going by memory
1: oh it wasn't 94 Ninety-four Jordan had retired because guess who the starters were? It was ninety-three. I know. Ninety-three. Hold on, get this. Okay. Horace Grant, B.J. Armstrong, Scottie Pippen, Bill Cartwright, and Pete fucking Myers. You got me. Started in that game. (laughs) By the way, it the 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 Bulls went to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference. Oh, it was the semis. Semis. My bad. yeah, Yeah. All right. All right. Hold on. I'll, I'll get to it here in just a second. But yeah. So what do you think the league was so freaked out about regarding? Well, I
0: guess I would think of it this way. This is the guy who we're talking about how ridiculously overcompetitive he is. He wants to win everything. What would draw you away from New York? till two in the morning when you want to win your basketball game so badly, it is clearly indicative of this might be a problem.
1: <laughs> so in okay, other words, you don't, you there. don't buy, you don't buy the blowing off steam thing.
0: <laughs> That's what he told his wife. I mean, come on. I don't know. I'm not saying it's a problem. I'm saying they, in the documentary they are you know, before this came out, they were talking about, Oh, Jordan may not like how this portrays him. And I know that that's got a purpose here, but they are leaving out so many things on the other side of him in college yeah. and in pro. It's and they made it sound like it was crazy of the press to question him for going to Atlantic City. Right, it, it ain't crazy anything when you shoot three for twenty three.
1: Uh, for the record, he had thirty six uh-huh. points that night, thirty six nine and one, but he was twelve of thirty two. Still a 34. bad night. 37 percent 12 of 32 but he was one of seven from three
0: that's game two in new york
1: in new york okay. game two okay Do you want me to look at some other games because nah, should...
0: maybe it was game one i i thought i just remembered it was a horrible shooting night game and one he was 10 of
1: 27
0: up. well that ain't good
1: <laughs> game two <laughs> 12 of 32 of
0: 30 yeah that's those are two pretty bad nights so the bottom line there okay I was off on the numbers but they, they, won the
1: next, they won the next they won the next four so yeah
0: then they went back and when they go back to Chicago and they went the, the whole point was they you know when you want to question gee is this impacting the series you can't leave out the guy well that's the thing you're shoot. right
1: right they should have said they should have included that there that was a key point and you're right you, you could have questioned the other thing I didn't like they said reports were Jordan was seen gambling at two thirty in the morning in Atlantic City. And Jordan then on camera says, So what? I was back home by twelve thirty.
0: Yeah, that was bad math.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is that drunken gambler math right
0: there? Or or did he mean twelve thirty noon?
1: <laughs> Maybe he went twelve thirty Chicago time. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, was, yeah, I don't know. But you know, it, and that and of course I'm a little confused on where they left off. Because now the next documentary, they're going on to, I think, the next series. Are they really leaving out the two years off of basketball that came right on the – remember, after this championship was when he took the two years off. So well, all
1: of this they're not, they're gambling not there, went together. They're, no, the baseball's coming. Is it? Okay. Oh, the baseball's coming. Relax on that. The baseball is coming. It's part of the larger story when he then comes back and wins the second three-peat. But okay. Yeah. All if good you're gonna points. have
0: this documentary, you have to you have to put on the table the rumor that this was all a you know under the table suspension that Stern handed him for two years. Right. You have to put that out there, but I bet they don't.
1: Right. Uh, you want to slow oh, the roll. Was it, wait a minute, was
0: the what? best part of this documentary so far that boss security guard flipping quarters?
1: Yeah, how about that, huh?
0: With him, that guy not only beating Jordan, but trash talking him. Did you well, hear that? That was so That, that was great. great.
1: But Jordan didn't that care. Jordan didn't well, care. That's it, the thing. Jordan treated Littles like they were peers. And yeah. that's one of that's one of the enduring that's one of the endearing things that I like about him is that yeah, he when, wasn't too when, big to bet in quarters. And when the yeah. guy beat him and made a dorky ass little shrug, Jordan just <laughs> smiled and laughed it off and thought, All right, fucker, I'll get you next time.
0: Yeah and Jordan says to him oh yours was rolling up there and the guy grabs his money and goes and your money is Roll, rolling, rolling into in my, my pocket guy. that's that's
1: fantastic they're called the sniff yes. the sniff squad yes uh, imagine how great it would have been to be part of that just how lucky yes. you were. Like, I'm just some security guy. Those security guys probably had been at, you know, the old Chicago Stadium for years with all these shitty teams and drug-addled NBA players that didn't give a shit. And then enrolls Michael Jordan, and they are on this incredible 20-year ride.
0: I learned how to pitch pennies when I was 12, an NBA guard took me for 13 cents.
1: that was how i learned how to do it all right redskins slow the fuck down on everything is fixed out at redskins park you don't like that sort of theme that's emerging amongst the fans and the uh people who cover the team
0: well we've seen this theme what four five six times in a row every time they make a move everybody thinks it's now it's fixed now it's fixed and, you know, I, I would hope that everything's the right direction. You know, I, I'm not trying to be a naysayer, but what bothered me was all of the accolades that went to, and I can't think of his name, the new personnel guy. Kyle um, Smith. Yeah. And as somebody put an article out right after is it's like, it's Redskins signed four undrafted free agents. Obviously, they're on the right track now. Well, I spent... Two minutes looking that up, and do you know that every NFL team at that time had signed between seven and 22 undrafted free agents? Right. And we have four, and they're acting like it's a big deal. Well, they and- always do.
1: Oh. This is the <laughs> pattern. I've observed this pattern every single year as we come to this time of the year. It's like watching certain bird species migrate back to their nesting grounds. It's an annual thing, man sure.
0: well, I guess the question is I'm not blaming the guy, but what I'm asking is if you can sign four and every team signs eight to twenty, why is it because he's no good? no, it's because maybe they still don't have any desire to come here
1: that's possible, that's and one
0: guy shouted back at me and said, oh, they're taking their time and and, and making sure they get it right like yeah. Four hundred and forty-eight free agents just signed. How much time are you going to
1: take? Look, here is the ecosystem at work. Ready? There is still, believe it or not, a Hardo Redskin fan base that thinks yeah. the glory is right around the corner, and they'll buy into whatever the team is selling at the moment. All right. Sure. And God bless that we still have some hardos that are delusional like this because they're mostly young enough that they've never seen a good football team. They wouldn't know what a good football team looks like, right?
0: Sure, so, and the first thing first thing they want to do is say, oh, it's better than Bruce. Is that the new bar? Well, right. If the new bar is I'm better than Bruce Allen, <laughs>
1: so then you can't have, set the bar. So then you have key influencers like um, – uh, like, uh, oh, God, who is it from uh, NBC Sports Washington, the, the main guy? I'm having a brain fart right now. It's not it's not Pete Haley. You're going to deal with him in just a second.
0: <laughs> I don't know the show. Don't watch it.
1: The main reporter for the Redskins on NBC. Is that 4. Finley? Yes, J.P. Finley. J.P. Finley, Finley. No. JP Finley like guy. nice guy. But he straddles this line because he has official access because the Redskins have a paid client-sponsor relationship with NBC Sports Washington. That needs to be said, okay? And there's nothing wrong with it, but they are essentially partners. NBC Sports Washington pays the Redskins for use of the logo and the name and access and doing their pregame show from, Redsk- from the stadium, okay, and the postgame show, access to guests, access to stuff on uh, television. You know, Larry Michaels, Redskin Nation, gets carried by NBC Sports Washington. Do you see what I'm talking about here? Oh, yeah. Okay, you so JP, JP does a really solid job, but he walks between two nations. He straddles the border between a reporter on the team and also a guy who can't go fully rogue and say this bad thing is happening and i'm going to blow the lid on it. He can't cuz there's a relationship that has to be minded to. He knows it. Sure. He also knows because he does a very, you know, a very well-listened to podcast on the Redskins that the fanboys don't want to hear it. If he thinks that maybe Ron Rivera, the new savior is in over his head or doing some dumb shit or doesn't think this or doesn't think that it's bad for the business of the fan service that goes into being a modern-day influencer. In other words, it doesn't pay to bet the don't-pass line of, you know what, this guy's not very good.
0: Yeah, I guess if it was me, I would take the um, approach of, we have faith in him, everybody thinks he's going to do a nice job. Clearly it's going to take time to change because we were only able to get four guys, but hey, we're going the right way.
1: I get that. But here's the thing, being right does not pay. Not in my business, not in the sports no. ecosystem. Being a fanboy does. Skip Bayless flogged Tim Tebow yeah. as the next coming. Next thing you know, he's making $6 million a year from Fox. You know who was smart and said, this guy's a terrible quarterback, I can't believe he's lasting this long? Merrill Hodge. Never, yeah. got, never got a sniff of that money and is now off of TV. Being right doesn't pay.
0: Nope. Nobody even remembers if you're right. They just remember, you know, you got to just you gotta right. yell and scream. It's crazy.
1: It is bad. All right, let's switch uh, to, well, you want to talk yes. about Pete Haley on NBC Sports Washington. He bothered you with a Cal Ripken <sighs> Twitter FTG. I'm looking at your notes here. Explain. <laughs> well,
0: he called, I don't know who the guy is. I don't know who he is. I've never met I think, him.
1: I think he's a yeah. young guy that's working hard. I don't know how he got on TV, but good for him.
0: No, I don't do a lot of Twitter. But every, you know, I, every now and then, I'll, you know, the drill, you have to throw out just a quick one line. This isn't, you know, a well-written-out thing. But he made some, I think it was one of the tweets that you liked where he really went off on the great career of Trent Williams. And I, I don't usually, but I responded. And I said something to the effect, because he said he'd been here nine years. And, and I said something to the effect of, every team has a good left tackle. Nine years is not exactly Cal Ripken. You know, come on. Okay. Well, I, l- later that day, I see that – I don't know the terms, They where he had pasted a picture of my tweet and put it up and said, you know, I knew people would disagree with me, but I didn't expect anybody as stupid as this guy. Whoa. Whoa. So so I thought to myself, am I wrong? Okay, so I'm sorry, but I'm a data guy. I always look at numbers. And I I was – Not as right as I thought I was right. If I told you this, you know, every team has a star left tackle. That's what you spend your capital on in draft. Check this out 24 teams have a starting left tackle that was their first round pick, and three were the first two or three picks in the second round. That's 27 teams out of 32 have used their top pick. And they have a left tackle with an average career right now of a little over six and a half years. So I think that's pretty clear, proves the point of hey, everybody's got one. You know, there's more first round left tackles starting than quarterbacks. That's kind of shell shocking, I think.
1: Okay. Is that a Look proven at- stat?
0: Yeah. yeah right now there's uh,
1: <laughs> more 20... first round left tackles than there are <laughs> yeah. starting quarterbacks.
0: 24 24 tackles and 23 qbs and not that no other position is close just anecdotally um so you know they they all have a left tackle and you know and then when when staley retires after 33 years or whatever it is you draft another one look at the redskins in 40 years they've had four left tackles that have covered 36 out of those 40 years. Yeah. Okay. From Jacoby, Lachey, yeah. uh, Samuels, and then Williams. That's 36 out of 40 well, years. The other thing so is, when you say, Oh my yeah. gosh, we have a left tackle to me. That's like saying, Hey, our first baseman can hit a bunch of homers. Everybody has a first baseman right. hit homers and everybody has a left <laughs> tackle. So um, to that guy for calling me out for being right. Yeah. I won't steal the FTJ, but you know,
1: fuck that guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did you see where Brett Favre is going to have to repay the state of Mississippi over a million dollars for speeches he, whoops, never gave? That's, yeah, that's a pretty bad look right there, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Uh, they'll still love him. But, yeah, that doesn't look good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Favre is paying Mississippi back $1.1 $1. $1 in welfare money he received for speaking engagements and other purposes that he never fulfilled. According to the state auditor, the former Green Bay legend will pay his office $500,000 on Wednesday and would, quote, repay the remainder in installments over the next few months.
0: Well, you know what, though? This is, I I sound like Steve Solomon here, but this is, you know, this is guys who probably half their life got paid for things they didn't really do summer jobs in college, (laughs) right? You know, work for the car dealer for a month. Here's your check. So he just figured they probably gave it to him and didn't really care.
1: Auditors Auditors wrote that Favre did not speak, nor he was present for those events. They added that the amount he made in the deal was, quote, unreasonable. Auditors, auditors. Interesting. What do they do? Oh, that's right. They look at the expenditures of governments and companies, and they go over them with a fine-tooth comb and a goddamn anal microscope to go what's this all about (laughs) yeah who knew those kind of things existed
0: that's that's those guys are pretty used to getting uh, things their way all right so i didn't know i had to pay that back
1: let's uh let's end on a gambling related story uh talking gambling pyramids versus independent what
0: oh well i was you know we at the end of last week you were uh, concerned about uh, ta- I was concerned about talking on the air and what I was going to tell you was you know what explain
1: really that more
0: is, yeah what really is the fear Hold on fear? Hold on. Yeah, go.
1: Oh. Last week start over and explain. it. Okay.
0: Last week you or the, the last time I was on a couple weeks ago we were, you were talking about betting the NFL draft and I was saying let's talk off air Oh, yeah, the feds are listening to us. Come on. And I'll tell you that in my years, the point of it is. They don't know much of anything and they don't know what is gambling and what is guys talking. They really don't know. I can tell you stories of guys who were pulled in and questioned and for bookmaking that have never booked a single bed in their life, but were overheard talking sports gambling. Really? And it gets really crazy.
1: How, yes. many, how many years but, ago was this?
0: A uh, couple of good stories I'm thinking of were 20. Okay. But I'm not in the circles out there in that to know. I'm not going to suggest that it doesn't happen anymore. I remember a guy, you know, and ever since the Patriot Act, you know, it's, hey, prove this money instead of us proving it the burden shifts to the to the accused and not on the on the state so i have guys sitting there go well okay explain this uh steve zabin um it looks here that in 2016 you have this uh 600 deposit in your account where did that come from you're like how the fuck do i know know, i don't know and then i have and guys would say okay well look here this is a large sum of money oh well, you know what? Me and Scott Lynn split Redskin season tickets, so he paid me for his half. Oh, do you have a receipt for that? No, they're not in my name. I mean, they really aren't good at knowing what's really uh, illegal versus just guys talking about sports. They don't know that stuff. Huh? And that's why I meant by pyramid. You know, back in the day, you like the Soprano references. Everything rolls up in a pyramid, you know. Tony Bank rolls right. it all, and then Chris has his guys, and then down under Paul, you know, and they all go down into a pyramid. Now kick up, yeah, kick yeah. up to the boss the man. Only I know the only guy I know that there was a guy, that, the only true independent bookmaker I ever really knew that wasn't rolling up somewhere to bigger fish, and he took a bad, he got. um, he got arrested and convicted in in the county, and I'll tell you what. We thought of him as the smallest fish we ever knew, small little one-shop guy, nobody rolling up under. They wrote him up in the Washington Post like they brought down Al fucking Capone, okay? Yeah. They don't know very much. They really don't. That's they, true. You know, they thought they made this, this bit. And we're all like, oh my God, the littlest guy we ever knew just, just took a real beating. And of course they seize a huge amount oh, yeah. of money from oh, him yeah. and he can't prove it. Next thing you know, he, you know, he moves to Las Vegas, um, because he's had enough. It's like, you know, it's, and they really throughout the process and you hear them trying to lay out their cases and you're like, God, you guys don't even have any idea. So it, it's, it is a hard thing. I've never done anything illegal, but it's the point of it is they don't always know what's the, know. You know, going on. I know. Yeah.
1: yeah all man. right, Mr. X, stay sane, my friend. Do a few more laps around the neighborhood at night when it's <laughs> safe, and hang in there. We'll talk to you soon, all right?
0: Sounds good. See you.
1: All right. Let's end on some quick Rona thoughts and developments. First... Maryland is going to allow golf now. Well, well, well. I guess they got a new shipment of science. Suddenly the science, which will guide us, say some governors, says that golf is not a major spreader of the coronavirus during the pandemic. Well, blow me down. Then there's this story today from thehill.com. Evidence mounts that outside is safer when it comes to COVID-19. Are you fucking kidding me? Evidence now mounting. The story says experts are increasingly confident in evidence showing that the coronavirus spreads much more readily indoors than outside outdoors, a finding that could help guide policymakers seeking to figure out ways to end lockdowns that have shuttered much of the nation's economy. Thomas Friedan, former director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, says, parks, beaches, as long as they're not cheek to jowl, cycling, walking, this is good. Enjoy nature. It's good for us. And it has very low risk of spreading the virus. Well, you don't fucking say. People were saying this if you followed other smart people for a month plus online. But no. Now, all of a sudden, experts are increasingly confident. This is like a sick fucking joke. So what? All of those drones with the speakers and the helicopters and the closing the beaches? What the fuck was that? Studies suggest activities held outdoors as temperatures warm pose lower COVID risk than those done in confined indoor spaces, tweeted Scott Gottlieb, former FDA commissioner. As we reopen, states should look to ease rules to allow more recreational, religious, and business activities to occur outside. Well, ain't that a change? Just like a lot of other about faces. Wait a minute. Didn't you just say something else a while ago? like masks like i said with mr x i'll wear masks out of courtesy in stores because i want to show that i'm sensitive and appreciative of the people working there i don't care but there's no way the government should be able to mandate that i wear a mask that's crazy and of course this was from early march of this year on 60 minutes dr fauci on masks
0: right now in the united states people should not be walking around with masks And can you get some schmutz sort of staying uh, 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 inside there? Of course, and... of course. But when you think masks, you should think of healthcare providers needing them and people who are ill.
1: If only you could see me, I'm staring at the camera now, blinking like Jim Halpert in the office. What in the living fuck? Are you kidding me? There is no coherent government guidance on something as simple as a fucking mask. It's all over the place it's amazing it is it is truly a world on so many levels now maybe that was a lie to try to keep masks out of the public hands to make sure they got to healthcare workers but you shouldn't be lying if that's the case i know that was from early march things have changed but still that's the number one guy that's dr fauci in early march i'm not even go going to go back and play the clip of him Saying we shouldn't worry about this. That was from late January. Everyone thought that. I'm not going to hold that against him per se. I'm not going to hold it against him that he said if you're young and healthy, you should feel fine going on a cruise ship uh, in early March as well. I, but the mask thing is okay. And there are some places that are quickly finding out whoops. Like, for example, in Massachusetts or Massachusetts, as they're calling it, where they have mandated masks. <laughs> They had to put out a notice saying, look, if masks are only for people in areas where you can't socially distance. But if you're on a street, you're not going into a store, you're not near anyone else, you're not violating the law. And then the last line of the directive from the government was, please stop calling the police to report mask violations. And there are still people that are seemingly serious people, that I think believe in it, but I can't tell if they're just saying it, that think we're going to set up and stand up an army of contact tracers to call everybody who has been in contact with a COVID-plus patient in the last 14 days and tell them they need to quarantine. We have minimum 10 million cases right now in the U.S., probably 20 to 30. (laughs) Fucking crazy. Either you're saying this just because you want to slow things down, bog it down, and create unreachable goalposts for for the reopening of the country, or you are a fucking delusional idiot. Either way, I don't know which one. It's both bad. Today, Cuomo had a press conference, and he said, he showed a chart. He's like, wow, this has really surprised us, but 65% of current admissions to the hospital with the covid come from people who have been, wait for it, wait, staying at home. (laughs) 65% they're either retired or they are out of work or off work or furloughed. I mean, and they had a graphic in which it said, Here's where the current cases are coming from. And the biggest bar, 65%, from home. And on the bottom of the graphic, which was the standard template, was stay home, save lives. Just not your life, necessarily. Bizarro world. Oh, and the subway got cleaned for the first time in a uh, checks notes. 115 years. All right, that's the last time I used the check notes thing. It's a little bit played out. I, I admit that. I'm not sure. They must clean the subway to some degree um, on a regular basis, but it's, I guess, the first deep cleaning or the first sanitization of the subway in 115 years. In part, I know it's because they run it 24-7, but there's no way. They didn't have anything in place where they would take certain trains offline or slow down service uh, on a regular interval once a week, once a month at least, to give them a good cleaning. Really? Hindsight being 2020, and it's kind of unfair, but... You know, de Blasio should have closed the subway right away saying, holy shit, this thing's probably spreading germs bad. We need to find a way to get essential workers to where they need to go and not on the subway. I'm going to stand up or pay the cab drivers to take those people via cab and therefore we won't be on the subway. But that's hindsight, which as we all know, Steve Spurrier is 50-50 or twenty twenty. New York State also said they're going to make nurses who volunteered to come help their asses out in the peak of the pandemic. When when Cuomo was hyperventilating about needing 30,000 vents, they didn't, saying, if anyone can come help us, oh, we need it so bad, we promise we'll return the favor. So a bunch of nurses got on planes, went there, and, and worked. They're now being told, oh, yeah, and by the way, We'll be sending out a 1099 for that New York state income tax. <laughs> what a big fuck you that is. And of course, the governor said, well, we've got a $13 billion deficit. What can we do? We're in trouble here. I, I'd love to waive it, but I can't. New York, apparently, New York also said, or de Blasio said, we'd love to reopen. Didn't he say we'd love to reopen? He said, even if we could reopen, we can't because we don't have the money to reopen. And they want $7 billion from... Guess who? Uncle Sam. Two men were murdered in New York in a broad daylight, caught on camera, security camera, with masks on. They were, had silencers on their pistols. Apparently the guy they whacked was from a motorcycle gang. And no suspects at this time. I'm going to say you're never going to have a suspect because they were wearing masks, which you have to do. Interesting. Massachusetts. Oh, I did that already. A Chinese researcher at the University of Pittsburgh has been murdered, and they say he was one of the researchers who was on the verge of important discoveries regarding a vaccine for the coronavirus. This story, when I saw it, made my blood run cold for a moment. I'm like, what? In addition, an associate of his was found murdered in his car. This scientist was murdered in his home and right now the police are dubbing it a possible murder suicide and if you believe that's what it is boy do i want to sell you some real estate on the west side right a murder suicide first of all scientists don't get shot okay and if you want to cook it up as like let's say you for to me it's clear Somebody was like, okay, shit, you're getting too close for a vaccine. Let's slow this shit down. Let's go whack the lead researcher. I don't buy. They might go, well, this other coworker was jealous, and maybe they were lovers, and they had a spat. And he shot him, and then he decided he was like, I can't stick around for this. I'm killing myself. Plausible, yes, but think about it. You want to slow down research on a vaccine for your own purposes, whatever they are. Maybe a Chinese agent, maybe somebody who just doesn't want to see this fun pandemic end. So they go whack one of the lead researchers. And I think his notes, surely the rest of the team there knows what he was working on. He was sharing with them like, hey, you know what? I found this. I found this. Right? They're collaborating. Yeah. I mean, whatever he knew is not necessarily gone, right? So they they say, we got to slow this shit down. They go whack this guy in his house. They get a coworker. They kidnap him. They drive him out in a car, and they basically make it look like he killed himself, and they go, huh, murder-suicide. What are you going to do? Weird. Any security footage? No. I mean, we got somebody in a mask. Don't know who it is. Black clothes. That is some crazy-ass shit right there. Uh, Governor Blackface said things look good in Virginia, but is going to leave it up to even smaller localities in the state to raise the floor of returning to normal if they feel like, well, we're still not there yet. Terrible fucking idea to give any localities any more authority to keep shit shut down. This should be state level, but whatever. Also, apparently, I said that old Governor Blackface went to North Carolina during the pandemic. That's apparently been debunked, so I retract that, Governor. The Texas governor and the attorney general have both called for the hairdresser that was sentenced to seven days in jail and fined $7,000 to be released. The judge in the case is apparently a hard-ass, flaming Democrat activist with a Facebook page that would melt your head. And he gets to be a judge, which, okay, whatever. The lieutenant governor said that he will pay the woman's fine and... Submit to seven days of house arrest. Not sure that's the same as prison. Uh, The hairdresser has a GoFundMe page. I bet she is going to make all that money back and then some. That will be an interesting fight. And then there was this horrific, unbelievable, I mean, I won't say unbelievable, it does happen, but a horrific shooting of a black jogger by two white males in Georgia. And the horrible thing on top of this hate crime is that The family of the victim face now a prospect of a month or longer for a grand jury to even convene to consider charges because everything is shut down. Justice denied, or justice delayed, they say, is justice denied. A lot of shit's coming loose right now. A lot of stuff is happening. This is going to be a two-week period in which I think things are going to unravel even further. Some in good ways... Others, in not-so-good ways. Already the college football cracks are starting to show. The SEC and parts of the central part of the U.S., the southern Big Ten, seemingly is like, we're going to be open and we're playing football by the time September comes around. Other schools, not so much. It'll be interesting. Today's date, May the 7th. Call me on June the 7th. I bet things will look a whole lot different back then and hopefully better. We shall see. All right. That's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for bearing with me during this changeover to our Red Circle partners and platform. There is an unbelievable myriad of nuances to how podcasts get delivered, and we are frantically trying to iron them all out. Apparently... Spotify has decided to no longer support independent RSS feeds. So that's kind of fucked us because we had planned on it all along and all of a sudden we're like, what'd you do? And I know a lot of you like Spotify and you subscribe to Spotify specifically because of the podcast. Remember, all these companies are jockeying for space and for territory and revenue in the podcast game. And that makes it tough for us providers to figure out the most efficient way and the broadest way to deliver this content to you on the platform that you like so bear with us and uh i got a really smart guy in chris broussard from Inlutions who is working on it so that's all i can say thanks for listening everybody have a great thursday and we will see you next time
0: dot com